0: cool thanks for your love and support in advance simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website and it'll take you where you need to go now on to the show welcome to the prolific writer podcast where
1: speed's the name of the game Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast,
0: writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Welcome, everyone, to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Pelton, and I am here, and I am dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my humble podcast and it's episode 28 and I don't know the significance of 28 but it's a good number Uh, we've been cranking along Um, a lot of great guests have been on the show if you haven't had a chance to go and listen to past episodes go check them out my last guest has written over 100 books and that's pretty awesome so go check that out Today on episode 28, we have a man named David Martin, and I've been privileged to have a lot of guests from around the world, and David hails from London, and uh, our prayers are with the London people, all the things going on there. It's kind of crazy the last few weeks, few months, depending on when you're listening to this, Um, but um, David and I have a great conversation about thinking like a publisher, and David has written a book on productivity, uh, for indie authors. That's really helpful. I'll put that in the show notes. You can check that out and talks about how to work smarter as indie authors and how to think like a publisher. And, and what that means is is not that you don't write the book so you don't put in the time, but, but to say, what are the things that I can do, uh, better or what can I do more efficiently or what can I hand off? or are there things that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing you know, who can help me with this part of the the process, whether that's covers, whether that's editing, whether that's, you know, outlining your books, whatever collaboration. And so we have a really interesting conversation of of David, how he's kind of unlocked this process of creating his own books and writing his own books and does it in a very unique way, which I think you'll, you'll find fascinating and, and and involves a lot of people. And, And what David has discovered too, is, is the process of thinking like a publisher and this idea, thinking like a publisher is to really create a life that he uh, wants. And, and, and part of that is because he's a family man and he wants to spend time with his kids and he knows they're getting older and he wants to be around. And so he's just constantly thinking about how can he fix his processes, fix his system so that he can have a have more time to do the things that he really loves to do. And of course he loves to write, but, but, but even freeing up more time to write by his processes and by getting a team together and things like that. So hopefully you'll find this really interesting and helpful and hopefully some things you can take away to apply to your own writing life, your own writing career. And, and I love this, this conversation, really thankful to have David Martin on the show. And so with no further ado, here is David Martin. Never has the story of the old glory needed introduction
1: or reduction.
0: Just a passing on of morals from the well. Welcome everybody to the Prolific Writer Podcast. It's your host Ryan Pelton, and I am privileged today to have David Martin on the line. So why don't you say hello, David?
1: Hello, everyone. I'm David.
0: <laughs> this is David, and he's all the way from the UK, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, based in London.
0: In London, okay. So London
1: in the UK, yeah. We are... Yeah, a lot happening here.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, we're definitely uh, praying for you guys and a lot of things going on. And so, you you doing okay? Your no, family's appreciate-
1: okay? <laughs> well, we, we appreciate that. Yeah, no, we're all good. We're all good. Thank you.
0: Well, I uh, have David on the, the show today. I, I wanted to have him on because he's he's written a new book um, called Productivity for Indie Authors, a uh, book about doing less and making more. And I uh, wanted to just chat about that because um, it's it, – it's a unique book on productivity, but also how to think like a publisher. And so I wanted to, to kind of dig into that idea as indie publishers, indie writers. It's not just about writing a ton of things, but also thinking about the business, thinking about how we create, uh, why we create, how we do that, the processes, systems, and things like that. So um, I really like this premise. And so so David, why don't you uh, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, you know, why this book, and, and all that good stuff.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, I mean, as far as being a writer, being a publisher is concerned, um, I've been self-publishing long before Kindle was even probably uh, a twinkle in Amazon's eye. I used to publish, self-publish my books on a photocopier, believe it or not, um, and uh, they all they all had to, by necessity, be a short read because you could only fold so many pages before it wouldn't close anymore. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess you could say I've been in the self-publishing game for quite a long time. Um, got into Kindle probably about four or five years ago, um, both nonfiction and fiction. Um, and I've just really built from there. Um, the the productivity book really came about as a result of recognising that, you um, it's not always necessarily the best or the uh, most effective way to scale a business or to uh, produce more by just working harder. Um, I, I did what a lot of people probably fall into um, and just thought, you know, if I write more, if I do more, if I market more or whatever else it may be, but more, 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 then I'm going to multiply my results. And, um, the situation was, though, I, I found that the diminishing returns for my efforts, and so I started looking at things in a different way, and started um, just thinking. I, I mean, it's the, the old adage, isn't it? Really, work smarter, not harder. Um, and this uh, this book is a result of that, really. And then also just the the demands of life. You know, I've got four kids. Um, we live in a very busy city, there are lots of different things that I have to do and a lot of different things that I want to do Um, and just wanted to really develop a system that would allow me to only do the things that I want to rather than what I was finding having my time filled with all of the various things that I have to do. Um, and I found, actually, I've discovered that there are very few things that we have to do if we will just put the right systems in place. They can be taken care of.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the 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 theme of that of your book. Uh, one of the things you talk about a lot in there is the idea of elimination. And it, you know, often when we think productivity, it's it's what what more do I have to do? How do I go faster? How do I you know find more time? But you actually talk a lot about streamlining elimination, you know, kind of what you're saying, focusing on what's most important, um, and, yeah. and doing those things, you know, well. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, actually, uh, I wrote a productivity book that isn't as good as yours, but, um, but, but actually talked a lot about My that.
1: Dear, you're too, modest. I'm <laughs> yeah. <sure> you're too <laughs> no,
0: modest. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but, but I, I actually talked about some of the same things and I think I, I resonate a lot with what you're saying because I, yeah. I, I came to a point in my life too, where it was like, I think I need to add more things, but then you realize, no, it's actually I need to take things out, and I have to determine what those things yeah. are that need to come out. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so, talk a little bit about your your writing journey because you've you've obviously written um, a lot of things, and you've been publishing even long before you know Kindle and all of that. Um, you know, when did you kind of get to the point where you realize, like, I just can't keep. You know, cranking out the the books—it's just not giving me the return. I mean, was there kind of a moment or a time, or when did you kind of make this mind shift towards thinking more, kind of doing less to do more, or do what doing what is right?
1: I, I originally I was um, I work I I work with a hybrid method. So basically, and by that, what I mean is, I write some of my books, but I also get other people writing books. On my behalf, I've, I've discovered that, um, you know, that there are and I, I always look at the, the at things with a publisher mindset now rather than just a writer mindset. And the two the two can be very different and sometimes can be at odds with one another. Um, I, I got into publishing fiction. Um, and that was a big shift for me because I'm not really a big fiction reader. Um, nor uh, and, and, and certainly not a very good fiction writer, but I, I saw a great market there, and it was a market that I wanted to serve. Um, but, but recognized that I probably was not the best person to serve it in the sense of actually sitting down and writing the books. Um, I could I could research the market. I could recognize what was needed there, what was required, what was desired um but I figured it would be much better for my readers if i found um other writers who could basically take my ideas take my um series plots etc and turn them into something much better than i could myself um as i started doing that i started to get some real traction i mean like amazingly so to me anyways You know, I had very, very rapid growth in income, page reads, um, books sold. Um, And so I started bringing other writers on as well and multiplying the number of books that I was publishing, um, multiplying, uh, moved into some other genres, more kind of stepped sideways into similar genres would be more um, accurate and um, and very soon realized because initially basically um although i had other people writing the books i was taking what was written i was then editing what was written i was amending and adding to what was written i was creating the covers <laughs> i was i was doing the advertising you know you name it i was right there in the middle of it but of course there's only so much you can do before you reach a ceiling mm-hmm. um and uh, that began to move me away from um, what I would probably consider, a, to, to a degree anyways, a writer mindset where you are front and center to a much more publisher mindset where I see myself really as a service provider. I have a readership and I provide a service to them. I can provide a much better service to them. I can give them more books, and I can give them the the books quicker and more efficiently if um, I take my hand off a lot of the processes that are necessary to get those books ready for market. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, what a big shift for me was recognizing that the, you know there are three really essential things that I needed to put in place or are three keys that are kind of the, the big daddy keys of being productive. And that is number one, eliminate remove everything that is unnecessary. Um, Number two, automate, you know, where I can't eliminate, I look and I think, are there ways that I can effectively automate this process, whatever process it may be in the kind of from, inception to actually having the book in the amazon store selling to to my readers so if i eliminate um automate and then if i can't automate it you know i just put some automation in place just using technology then i will look to delegate um and so i have like i have assistants that i work with um, and also work directly with my writers and editors to um, basically just work in a way that makes things easier for me at my end of things. Um, and it's put me in a position, Ryan, where now I can I could literally work, I, well, I can work when I want, basically. Um, I can put an hour a day in, and that would be more than enough to keep um, a keep my publishing business running or certainly the, the fiction side of it, the publisher side of it, keep it running um, and bringing in ten to $15,000 a month without me really putting much of a hand on it at all. Um, and then, of course, I, I am a writer. Uh, that's really where my heart is. That's where my passion is. Um, but that frees me to do what I want to do most to actually sit down and write books instead of, you know, being caught up in all of the machinery of publishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So there's about a thousand questions I could ask you from just those comments. So, um, so, so let's start here. So, so you you have a a team and I I think there's an interesting thing here. a, A thread here is, um, you know, some talk about, you know, solo entrepreneurship or, or writers or self-publishing or, you know, use this certain language. But, but the reality is that what I hear you saying is that nobody really writes alone anyway. I mean, you need editors, you need cover designers, you know, marketing, all, all of that. Like, almost nobody does everything themselves. I mean, even when you say self-publishing, right? I mean, it's... Yeah. You, you need a team of people. So it sounds like you're...
1: Yeah, yeah you're too you, right?
0: Right. You're trying to lean into um, teams of people... You know, you maybe you have the idea, you have the outline. You know, it's it's kind of more of a collab- yeah. collaborative effort, and we're starting to see more of this too, which is actually pretty exciting. I think in yeah. the indie space, is you know, some don't even write the full draft; they they just go back and edit it, or they just go. But maybe they have the ideas or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So so let's talk about that. So you um, you get an idea. Um, maybe for a book or you, you research a genre and you say, you know, I'd really love to write something in, I'll just make it up sci-fi. Um, and yeah. Then, and then, so what, what is your, your process from there? I mean, how do you, where do you find these people? Do you give them an outline? Do you kind of give them some ideas to get started? Are they kind of like ghost writers? How do, how does all this work?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, basically if I, if I discover a genre that I want to test and want to dip my toes into, um, I will generally number one I'll speak to the writers that I presently work with because I do have a team now um, I have um, and it's a very small team get you know I mean I actually don't want I, I, I actually quite like keeping things kind of small I don't want to create some big monolithic giant publishing company I quite like just the flexibility and the kind of rogue uh, nature of self publishing and indie publishing it, it suits me as a just my my character I don't so I've got a small team um, generally what I'll do is I'll go to somewhere like upworkcom um, where there are literally thousands and thousands of writers waiting to serve an audience and um, and so I'll post a job on upwork um just describing generally the top level genre saying you know i'm looking to publish into sci-fi um i'll never generally publish directly to kind of just a top level you know so it's, it's not just you really do have to dig down into the sub and sub sub genre kind of arenas i don't know sci-fi so it's hard to say but let's say you know okay i want to go into kind of alien warfare time travel sci-fi uh, yeah. which probably doesn't exist but you get my my drift there's going to be a tie. Ty- there's going to be a little pool of people and that is all they read uh, they just love those stories they love the tropes that go along with that sub sub genre Um, And they're hungry for more people to write into that space because it's not saturated yet. You know, they can't get enough of just that. And generally, you know, once you're down in the sub sub genre arenas, it's the same story again and again, just with different clothes on. And um, so I'll I'll try to dig into um, a sub genre of a main category and I'll look, I'll read into it. Um, and discover, you know, just ah, oh, that's the story. <laughs> that's what. Oh, every story is about X, Y, Z. Okay, so we can do that. Um, and then I will pitch to. Um, I'll, I'll put a advert up on Upwork, basically saying, look, I want to publish into um, this top level genre. You know, once you get in touch, I'll let you know the subgenres that we're going to be targeting make sure you um, give me some examples of your work um, and then you know generally you'll get anything between five and 25 or 30 people pitching to write for you um, there is some time obviously involved you I mean I'll go through diligently go through that the kind of one of the things that I found Ryan in really making a system work well, is that generally you have to put a, a lot of energy and time in up front. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to do that, it pays off tremendously well down the line. Mm-hmm. And so I will I'll, I'll quite diligently go through the people who, um, the, the ghost writers who pitch for the work. I'll look over their examples. I'll then maybe get them to do um, a test job of maybe just 3,000 words or so. Um, And then from that, I'll further sift it down until I've got just two or three writers Um, and then I'll get them writing. Generally, I work with short stories. That's just my preference. Um, I guess depending on the genre, you know, uh, different audiences like different lengths of books. But most of my books are between 10 and 20 K because I can get them produced very quickly, very cheaply. um, And I can and I can push them out very quickly mm-hmm. with, with little risk. Okay. Very rarely would I lose money on a book.
0: Okay. So 10, 10, to, um, 10 to 20. That's like a novella. I mean, it's not super short. It's not super long either. Um, yeah. So are you, yeah, yeah. are you, um, so once, once you kind of find your writer, you say, Hey, they have good work. I've seen a sample. It looks like a good fit. Um, you know, how long, how long does it take for them to kind of turn that around? Typically.
1: Uh, Oh uh, yeah, well it does. It does depend on the writer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but the the writers that I, I I've got a couple of writers that I work with um, at the moment, and they will produce me four books every month. Oh
0: wow!
1: Each. That's fast. Um, and and those books, are, yeah, and those books are anything between ten and twenty k. Um, so so, so ideally ideally really what i'm looking for are writers who can produce um, great work quickly and by great work i don't mean perfect Mm -hmm. work i don't mean work that will go down in history (laughs) and 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 be read um in universities you know Fifty years from now, I mean, great work that will be consumed by a hungry audience, and then uh, who will want the next one as soon as that one's finished? Mm-hmm. So it's it's very disposable, uh, disposable entertainment, really.
0: Um, yeah, you, you talk a, lo- a little bit about that in your your book. Um, you know, this idea of perfection, and I think that was really helpful is, is there's, you know, as an artists, as creatives, you know, we get so hung up on perfection and, you know, mm. wanting, wanting this next, you know, next great American, you know, or European novel, you know, to change the world. And yet you're saying, you know, get the work out there, you know, do the best you can, edit it, you know, but don't obsess over it um, to the point that you never actually put it out in the world. And I, th- I think that's really, uh, really helpful. Um, so when you get back this, you know, manuscript ten thousand, twenty thousand words. What do you? What do you then do with it?
1: Um, okay, now if, if I'm working with a new writer, I actually get very much in the mix. So for the first few books, I will read it and often do the edit myself. Not not that I consider myself the best editor either, to be honest. But I want to. Um, I want to be sure that this is a writer that I want to work with on an ongoing basis. I want to be sure that they can follow my brief. Generally, certainly in the, at the outset, first few stories, I will be giving those writers a plot that um, either I have made or I have, ha- I've had the plot specifically made for me to give to writers. And, um, so I can see that they can follow a brief. I can see that they can develop a story. I can see that they can um, take basically a skeleton and turn it into a something living for the readers. Um, but once once I've once they've done a couple of books for me, I take my hands off that as well, and I simply hand it to. I've got a couple of editors that I work with. Um, and and those editors, quite honestly, because I just do short stories, there is a there is a difference. If people are doing lengthy novels, I guess there's a bit more involvement in making sure that there are no holes in the plot that people can fall through, etc. But for short stories, it's fairly, you know, it, it's quite easy. So I just have uh, my editors do a one pass edit just to clean the thing up. Um, so once. Let me just backtrack, So, Initially, I get very involved with it. Once I'm um, convinced and happy and satisfied that a writer is what I'm looking for, I take my hand off that as well. And so the manuscript comes to me for a completed book. I hand it to an editor. The editor hands it back to me. I hand it to my virtual assistant who formats it, sets it all up in Kindle and um, what well it used to be create space I do everything through KDP now that they do print as well I have them set it all up in there for me um, and then as if by magic I can just kind of log into KDP and I've got all all of my books queued up really ready for me to just hit publish
0: so are you um, are you writing under pen names are you writing under your own name or how, how are you working that out is it just depend on the project or
1: It depends very much on the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends very much on the project. I do writing. I do my own writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, they are – most of my own writing is either Christian teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, How I got into the whole – I mean, because content – I I would see myself as a a content creator – more than a writer but you know much of that content creation probably 90 percent of it is words um and so i run an online bible school i've written and developed an online bible school for example a lot of that content was repurposed into books i write training materials for authors and self-publishers etc so all that's done under my own name i've done kids books they're all under my own name Um, But fiction, all pen names. Yeah, mostly women because a lot of it's romance. (laughs) So um, but funnily enough, I even correspond because this was another area that I found to become uh, potentially a little bit complicated um, and a little bit odd in that um, I was publishing under pen names and then building an email list, etc., Corresponding as the pen name, uh-huh. um, which was a which was supposedly a woman, uh-huh. etc. Um, but when you start getting three, four, five pen names, and you're having to um, kind of schizophrenically pretend to correspond as pen names and build up this persona, etc. It just I just found, um, although I think you know much more personal connection with an audience as a pen name personality if you like is probably more effective in some ways um for me i'm not always just looking for and and, and i guess you need to hear me right here i'm not always looking for the best way sometimes i am just looking for the easiest way i'm looking for some yeah i'm looking for something that is not going to send me crazy right Um, And so I moved away from that and then set a system in place where um, people, when people come in to the front door, if you like, they sign up to a list there. You know, I'll I'll say, you know, thanks for thanks so much for um, signing up for this free book by whatever pen name it may be. Um, And then I'll introduce myself. And I'll say, you know, my name's David. I run this particular publishing company. We've got a great team of writers. And um, this is who I am. This is the vision for what we're doing. Um, and so I correspond as myself. Yeah. Um, and I've found that that has been a great deal easier, <laughs> and a lot less stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I funnel people into onto my list Um, they're all kind of tagged as to where they came from if I do need to send some targeted advertising if you like to a specific kind of sub sub genre you know um, or a specific pen name uh, but most of the time they just come into a big pool most of my books are within under the same kind of umbrella clean and wholesome, mm-hmm. Christian um, type stuff. And, uh, yeah, so that made things a lot easier. That made things a great deal easier.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you're you're saying that. I, I kind of switched from a pen name to just my name because it was just getting too much complicated, you know, even though I write some Christian stuff and write some yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. social media and all. I mean, it was just—it wasn't that I was, you know, being fake about anything. I mean, I was just who I am. But then it's just, you know, yeah. just, it just got weird after a while. It's
1: just, it, it just it yeah. does. It does. It kind of there's this kind of this integrity gap right. that that grows wider and wider. I mean, for me, Ryan, right, I was a bunch of American women right. So, right. somewhere somewhere on the planet that I don't even I've never even visited, and I'm just thinking. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it just does not. I, I mean, uh, maybe one pen name, yes, but three or four, sure, please. Sure. It just became a bit complex, and I've actually found that, um, and and again, I speak a little bit about this in the productivity book, is um, the importance of building a brand, mm-hmm. and. I moved again, I moved away from developing distinct um, author-driven, an author-driven enterprise to a brand-driven enterprise. So instead of I I started to move away from I, I want my readers not necessarily to say, oh, wow, it's another book by I'm a writer, you know, or whatever the pen name may be. Um, and instead say, oh, wow, it's another book by such and such a publishing company. Mm-hmm. A bit like Mills and Boone. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who in the world knows what what author writes a Mills and Boone book? Right. Are you do are you guys do have Mills and Boone out there, don't you? It's like massive, massive romance publishing mm-hmm. here in the UK, certainly. Um, and a Mills and Boone book is known you know, oh, yeah, that's Mills and Boone. They they publish a certain kind of book. You can be guaranteed that you're going to get that kind of book when you read something by that company. And so I wanted to move towards that, where people recognize us as a publisher before they recognize us as a pen name. Um, and that's, that's actually been working. I even see it in the um, responses I get in uh, when people leave reviews for the books, instead of necessarily mentioning the pen name, they'll now mention the publisher name and say, so, "Oh, I love books by such and such a publisher." Yeah. Um, and so so that as as well is something that's been working quite well for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think there was a time where you know authors were were no, a little more well known, but I think now in our culture too, I mean, unless you're Stephen King or you know, J.K. Rowling, I mean, people don't really, you know, they know the stories, they know the characters, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I they wouldn't recognize an author on the street, you know, compared to like, you know, a musician or an actor or someone, you know, in culture. I mean, you know, I mean, there were times I think in the past where, yeah, big name, you know, Hemingway's and he's an interesting guy and, you know, but, you know, for, for the, I mean, I talk yeah. to authors all the yeah. time. I mean, they've written hundreds of books and they make six-finger livings and no one's ever heard of them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like you're saying like a brand of this is the kind of book I write or this is the publishing company I run. You know, um, this is the kind of content yeah. I produce, you know, as opposed to a name that, you know, you're going to see on a billboard or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so, and it, it, also, it also allowed me to um, begin to cross-pollinate much more effectively. So I can introduce a new pen name very, very easily mm-hmm. without having to kind of build the tower from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I just simply, you know, because because I've built rapport as a trusted provider of great stories to a particular audience, obviously. Man, it's, you can't just kind of stuff a completely diverse Um, genre into the mix I'm working under a very clear umbrella um, of a a certain kind of kind of story Um, but under that broad umbrella um, I can very quickly bring in a new pen name a new writer um, and uh, I'm finding the audience will pick them up very very easily and very gladly Um, whereas before I was having to build up each individual pen name and really flog the horse to get it running.
0: So, so um, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead. So going back to, no, no, carry, on, carry on. Yeah. Going back to the short story. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because um, you know, there's debate, you know, do do short stories sell? Do, um, you know, is there anyone actually selling short stories? So, when did you just determine that that was a good strategy? Because obviously, it's it's working. I mean, you're you're selling quite a few books and making a good living with a lot of your fiction. So, so why why the short story? I mean, is it is it just it's, easy, yeah, it's I mean, easier I, to produce more, or is it more strategic, or a little bit of both, or it's um,
1: it's, it's much easier to produce short stories. Mm-hmm. It's much cheaper. To produce short stories, it's much easier to test a potential subgenre with short stories. Um, It's much less nerve wracking. (laughs) Like if I'm putting out a 50K book that's taken, you know, three months to produce and cost me over a thousand (laughs) dollars. That's like okay, man. I, this has got to work, you know. That's kind of nervy. Um, but a ten k story that's cost me maybe hundred and fifty dollars or a hundred dollars to get created is, uh, yeah. It's it's not it's not uh, it's not so nerve wracking. It's easy. It's easy. And what what I found is if you work it well. Because I tend to work with series, mm-hmm. um, not so much serials. Serials, people tend to kind of choke on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but series, so where there are, the, the books are very much interconnected, but nevertheless still standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll hook people into just a great, a great uh, each book will be a great story in itself. But there'll be an overarching story that will span a series that is also quite compelling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as long as you've got story in there, people are willing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not I've they're, I, I, I found anyways that readers are not hung up on so much. Uh, you know, maybe at one time when it was all physical books mm-hmm. and you could look on the bookshelf and you could see, oh, wow, that one's, you know, two inches thick and this one's only half an inch thick but people aren't looking at the thickness of the book anymore they're reading it on an e-reader and so I don't know I think the, the 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 mindset that people come with now is quite different and as long as you deliver entertainment as long as you deliver whatever buzz it is that your audience is looking for, and that's obviously going to depend on your audience. You know, if it's a horror audience, they want you to terrify them. If it's a romance audience that you, they want you to make them swoon or whatever it may be, as long as you deliver that uh, and whether you do it in 10,000 words or, you know, 50,000 words, uh, they'll be satisfied and they'll be happy and they'll be happy to and ready to buy the next book. In fact, I've tried longer books, and I actually prefer short.
0: Interesting.
1: I can, I can produce them much quickly, much more quickly. Mm-hmm. I can then box them up. Mm-hmm. So a book will make me money just from a purely financial perspective, Ryan. It's just um, pure publisher speak. I make money. It doesn't cost me that much to get a book produced, number one. It doesn't cost me a great deal to get it edited, number two, because there's no complex plot to unravel or to figure out. Uh, number three, I can publish them quickly. And so I can move into a market and uh, flood a market with a particular pen name very quickly, do you know what I mean? delivering the kind of books that readers want. Number four, I make money on the individual title. Number five, I can then box those up and make money on the box. Um, and I'm not sure what number I am on now. Number six, <laughs> I can then box the boxes and make money again. Mm-hmm. And so um, a series that maybe um, and uh, these are these are not completely accurate figures, um, but they are very realistic figures. Um, certainly for some of my best performing. Um, books, I can make, um, say a series costs me $1,500 to $2,000 to create, a series of 10 books. I could probably be guaranteed to make between 15 and 20K on that series. Over time, over time. Sure. So from the individual books and then the box and then the box of the box, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for for me, it's just great return on investment. Mm
0: -hmm. So are you getting – are are you doing anything else with that? I mean, as far as like print, audio, are you going in other – I do.
1: do, I do do print versions. Mm -hmm. Um, I find – just my experience is that print just – is really the cherry on the cake. It doesn't make a great deal of money. Sure, um, most of my money is made with page reads. So I I, I stay in select. Um, I love KDP Select. It's just so incredible. It's incredible that you can publish a ninety nine cent book and make so much money. I don't know how it's possible. I, I just and and I've been I have been. Um, absolutely blown away at how much readers read, especially in fiction. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. They just read and read and read, and they can't get enough. It's it's um, uh, and it's a joy to serve them. Mm-hmm.
0: So, are you are you finding that's kind of your your audience is, is kind of those what some call the whale readers? You know, it's people that read you know five books a week kind of thing. Um, they just devour them, you know. Kindle Unlimited, people—is that—is that kind of the the audience you find Kindle, yourself?
1: Kindle Un, yeah, Kindle Unlimited is definitely where I make most of my money. Mm-hmm. Um, I sell a good number of books. I mean, we we sell a lot of books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably averaging about four hundred. At, at this month, i probably averaged about four hundred books a day sales um, as far as page reads are concerned uh, I've had this month averaged um, maybe between 60 and 70 thousand a day now I, I mean it's all comparative so I, you know some people may be listening like <laughs> and just giggling saying wow is that all mm-hmm. but you know to me I'm, I'm, I'm impressed I'm like wow that is amazing you know especially knowing the kind of books i'm putting out they're maybe just 50 pages mm-hmm. um crazy. so yeah yeah just there's a, a, we talk about prolific writers um i love prolific readers
0: <laughs>
1: All right All right <laughs> yeah so are you prolific um, writers serving prolific readers
0: Yeah, no, I think that's. I mean, kind of in the indie world. I mean, whether you're doing short stories or long books, I mean, that's kind of what this show's about. Is 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 you know production, Um, and I really like your your angle, your perspective, because you're you're kind of showing like a different way where it's not just you know a writer sitting down and saying I got to crank out 20 books this year, but getting a team of people finding markets that work, writing shorter things. um, There's actually quite. There's actually a growing population of people that are writing kind of shorter stuff that's, you know, have you heard T.S. Paul and some of these folks that are writing writing shorter, you know, sci-fi stuff that people are are gobbling up, you know, producing a lot more work. Yeah, what's your price point? I was looking at some of his
1: stuff just the other day. Uh Uh, My price point generally is, you know, Bottom of the barrel, really, 99 cent. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's largely due to the market that I'm in or the markets that I'm selling to. I mean, that's the average, you know, most of the books um, and because my books are short as well. So and and I've also found that it is very easy to get quick results Mm -hmm. when you're selling, you know, short stories cheaply so people can just buy them on a whim Mm -hmm. Um, it tends to get more sales which results in higher ranks which results in more eyeballs on your book which results in more page reads which results in longer placement in those top spots Um, and and most of the books that i put out within my sub sub genres now the majority of the books that i put out Will sit m- often at number one mm-hmm. in those subgenres for the um, for a, a week or two directly after they're published, um, but certainly within the top three. Okay. Um, so it's it's um, but again that's something that we've built, Jim, in, and and uh, and a lot of it is working with my writers um, and also you know continually exploring the genres myself so we very very clearly write to market mm-hmm.
0: so are um, are are you finding the the kind of you know what's your i guess the question would be what's the production rate i mean are you i mean how many books do you have out there like hundreds or dozens or i mean are you do you have a kind of a, an idea of per month you want to get out there just for the you know, we know there's that drop off, you know, with books and
1: Yeah, you know. yeah, true, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um I I I should have really, especially being um more of a systems man than I used to be. I mean quite honestly though, I'm like uh, in, in in my own personality, I'm as just far from a systems man as you can possibly get. Yeah. So it's it does it seems quite odd to me that I've become so fond of systems and processes. Um, but um, generally, I mean, what what I'm I'm a bit kind of haphazard with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So some weeks I might put out one book, some weeks I might put out three or four. Mm-hmm. It really depends how I feel. Okay. And, and if, it, you know, I'll sit down at, um, on, a, um, on a Monday morning. Most of the books are already queued up. Um, so I'm, I'm quite ahead of myself. Um, and I'll think, oh, what shall I publish today? Or what shall I publish this week? And if I don't want a great deal of hassle, I don't want to worry about Facebook ads and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I know I've got a week where I'd, prefer to be doing other things I may just put out one book mm-hmm. um, and then if I want to boost my income or you know I'm if if I've got a series or a couple of series underway um, I'll always make sure that I continue to keep that rolling because read that's what readers want you I mean they don't want to wait for the next book another week and stuff like that but no I, I don't have a particular goal Okay. and and in fact Ryan the way we've built things um, i can uh, i mean but my my father last year in July my father died oh, sorry to hear that um and i went to, i went to um stay with my mum, um and just to be there you know i was there for the the last week of my my dad's life and then stayed for a few weeks afterwards just to kind of console my mom et cetera. Um, and so I didn't publish for, well, and, and then just in my own self, you know, I wasn't exactly feeling like getting in the hot seat and being a mega publisher. Um, so I probably went for six weeks without even publishing one book and still made $7,000 on, uh, uh, for over the, a month during that period. So I know there is this talk of a drop off. But what I um, and I do have hundreds of books published, Mm -hmm. don't misunderstand me. But that back catalogue, if you if you feed your audience to your back catalogue, well, uh, it can keep feeding you for a good season um, without really doing a great deal. Um, and like a, like I like I'm, you know, the, the really the title of the book, you know, doing less and making more is very much my experience. I find I have to do very little to keep things moving nowadays.
0: Well, that's great. Yeah, I think that's that's a little bit of what I think a lot of people hope to get to, to that point of, you know, systems and processes that it's it's not so taxing. Um, you know I even heard you say yeah. say earlier, you know i you, you really love to write and you you know some of these books are allowing you to write maybe other things or or things that you really want to sit down and you're passionate about and you know not that you're not passionate about these yeah. other books, but yeah, yeah, or, or, absolutely. Or, or like you say do the I mean, uh, thi- do the it, things you' it. love to do yeah
1: yeah absolutely i mean in the in the book um i there's a, there's one chapter um that came as a result of um i i'm a christian and so you know i consider jesus to be the best business partner in the world and um i i i spent time in the mornings just devotionally and i was reading about mary and martha um but most people whether they're christian or not will know the story of mary and martha you know jesus goes to visit is um, freaking out, you know, trying to make everything perfect, running around, trying to feed all these disciples and impress Jesus or whatever. Um, and Mary's just sat at Jesus' feet. And uh, Martha gets so angry and she's like, Jesus, why don't you tell this woman to help me out? Can't you see that I'm pulling my hair out here? And Jesus says, Martha, you're you're burdened with many things you're busy with too many things girl and i thought lord that looks like me if if i'm honest about this this was you know uh, uh quite a, quite a time ago now but i thought i look a great deal like martha i'm cumbered i like the king james version i'm cumbered with many things and jesus said to um to her Um, Only one thing is needful. Only one thing is necessary. And so I started, it started me on a journey where I'm thinking, Lord, well, what if there's only one thing that's needful, and if there's only one thing that's necessary at any given time, what's that one thing? And it really began uh, a journey in me, Ryan, that led me to the place where I thought, man, my one thing. If, if there's one thing that really burns in me, I want to write. I want to share what I what has been planted in my heart. I want to create an environment that allows that to happen, not one where I'm juggling 16 balls trying to make a living. I want to actually live from that place on the inside. Um, and that uh, was was pivotal for me this idea of just one thing what is my one thing Um, and then beginning to look at everything else and ask the question do all of these other things serve that one thing you know is everything I'm doing actually helping me to write (laughs) or is it keeping me from writing. And I found that a lot of the things that I was doing were actually keeping me from what I really wanted to be doing. And, and and by that I probably just mean all of the mechanics of the publishing business side of things was one. But I also was running a local web design business. I was creating affiliate products. I was doing affiliate marketing. Um yeah there's probably a list of other things as well. but so I started this process of elimination, number one, and then I started looking at ways in which I could automate some of these other things so but with with a purpose, not just so I could sit and kind of do nothing for the rest of my days, but so I could really get busy doing what I really feel I'm called to do. And I know that there are people listening today. You feel exactly the same. They feel as though they're pulling their hair out, doing all of this other stuff that goes along with being a self-publisher, you know. And they find that they don't have any time or energy or headspace left for doing what they know they're called to to do, which is to write. Um, and I can tell you, 100%, there are ways to get things working for you i i often talk about you know having a business that works for you rather than you working for your business and that's the shift that i made instead of me working for my business my business now works for me so i can dedicate myself to do the things that i i feel called to do
0: i think that's great i I just uh, read. I don't know if you heard Jeff Goins. He has a new book about starving artists. And um,
1: yes, yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, <laughs> he's,
0: he's trying to. <laughs> I like Jeff. Yeah, he's trying to blow up the myth of the starving artist. And and he said something profound. I heard him say it the other day. He just said, you know, we make money so that we can write. You know, it's not just writing to make money. We write to make money, but we make money so we can keep writing. And you know, and and do the thing that you, you love to do. The money's just a tool. It's just a, it's just a means to allow us to do what we feel called to do. And so it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not about being millionaires. It's not about, you know, living in a mansion, but it's about being able to be free to do what you feel you're called to do and and to create more. I mean, to build more, like you said, not, not to sit, sit back in my chair and get fat and just, you know, retire. Um, yeah. But to actually get well, to there's work. No, there's no
1: joy in that. Right. There is no
0: joy in there's that. There's
1: no joy in that. We're, yeah. we're creators. We're creative mm-hmm. people.
0: Right.
1: And that creative itch has to be scratched.
0: Sure.
1: Sure. Or we go, we go crazy. Man, we're, we're not made for uh, – we're not made to not produce. Right. We're made to produce. We're made to be fruitful. Um, and, you know, it's really just looking at things in a way – that says how can I, how can I prune this tree so it can bear more fruit? Mm-hmm. How can I become much more efficient and much more effective? I mean, another book you mentioned, Jeff's books. Um, another book that I think it should be uh, absolute uh, a must read for everyone is uh, a book by Bob Berg called The Go Giver. Um. That it's just a very it's a short book. I love short books. Um, and thats a, it's called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And he talks about the five laws of stratospheric success. Um, and uh, it, he talks very much about um, how as we share our value with the world, it's returned to us in the form of, you know, in many ways, but in the form of monetary prosperity we prosper as we give and really the the whole system is um works as we begin to give out from what's on the, on the inside of us um and and that's it's right you know i don't believe that we're designed to work in a desert i think um and again you know I'm a, I'm a God guy, so I think God is very keen to prosper his people, to bear fruit, and to enjoy life. I really do. Um, he's a good dad. I know myself as a dad. I love my kids. Man, I want them to do well. I want them to be blessed. I don't want them to struggle. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're not going to have challenges, obviously. Um, but those breakthroughs that people are seeking, um, they're they're waiting for them absolutely
0: well, uh David, so as we get to the end here we've um gone about an hour, and I wanted to be sensitive to your time too and um one question I have is someone listening to this program, listening to the show today um what would kind of be the first step um to kind of shift into this you know, publisher mindset as opposed to just a writer mindset. I mean, what would you say to someone that's kind of maybe like you just described, they're they're in this struggle, they're they're kind of going, you know, I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. You know, what I mean other than buying your book, um what what should what should they do? Um <laughs> what 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 advice would you give? Yeah no, that's you... always a
1: good that's <laughs> right. always a good one. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> um I would say and and this is in some ways, a little counterintuitive, but I would say slow down and instead of, uh, I mean, there's a, there's another book, uh, The E Myth. I can't remember the chap who wrote it, The E Myth Revisited or something like uh, that. Yeah, well, and he coins a phrase where he says, Yeah, he says, he says, you know, rather than working in your business you want to to work on your business so don't work in your business work on your business and so the first step certainly for me was to take a step back really um, stop producing in some ways so I stopped getting so many books written I stopped you know pumping out as many titles Because it was very much like more, more, more um, cycle that I was in. I pulled back from that, did less, Mm -hmm. but thought a great deal more and actually looked and thought okay, how can I remove myself from this business? How can I take myself from being the kind of um, center wheel of everything that takes place? And simply just coming coming back and taking that 10,000 foot view really began to change the way that I looked at processes that I was um, undertaking. And so I guess yeah, that, that would my number one advice would be like, "Hey, stop mm-hmm. <laughs> just just stop mm-hmm. and step back for a minute because unless you actually get a real clear view of what you are doing now, Mm -hmm. it's very unlikely that you're going to change it.
0: Sure. Well, David, that's really good advice. And um, if you're listening, you need to pick up his book, Productivity for Indie Authors, um, a book about doing less and making more. He he talks a lot about this and more in depth, real practical, real helpful. I've, I've enjoyed it. And I think it applies to a lot of areas of life. I think it's not just writing or creativity or business. I think it applies to just life in general. And there's some really good, good good wisdom there so so david where can people find you where can they find your work um, where are you out in the blogosphere webosphere
1: all right i mean if people um, if people go to amazon they can see my books there um, i do have a website indieauthor.com um there's a there's a great free book on there actually called better published than perfect um, that they can pick up. Um, I've got to admit, I'm actually quite a private guy, so sure. um, you probably find me all over the place, but uh, I've never really kept up a blog long enough to, uh, <laughs> to, to make much of it. My writing tends to go in different directions, but yeah, sure. indieauthor.com okay. is a good place to start.
0: Great. Well, hey, thank you, David, so much for taking the time. And this uh, episode is going to help a lot of people. So thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. David Martin, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I think that idea of thinking like a publisher is just so helpful. And even just uh, as I was kind of listening and, and interviewing him, just thinking about productivity and thinking about Processes And and what are the things that you can hand off to other people? Because I know a lot of people listening to the show are full-time workers in other places, families, a lot of responsibilities. And so we're always asking, well, how can we create more art, create more work? I think David has some really helpful things. If you haven't checked out his book, go check out his book on productivity. I'll put that in the show notes. I think you'll enjoy it. And hey, if you get a chance, could you leave us a review? It really helps us get the word out and share the podcast. We're kind of all over the place. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, everywhere else, Google Play, you name it, we're probably, probably there. So go share the love. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, whatever, leave a review love to get the show out into as many hands as possible thanks for all the downloads thanks for all the nice comments and encouragement that you've sent my way and i uh, will keep doing it and we'll keep cranking out the words together and hopefully you're getting those words out you're writing fast writing often writing well and we're here to help and uh, i'm gonna go write some more words so we'll talk to you soon real soon